Good morning. This is Alan Carroll at Carroll Pharmacy in Smithfield, and we are proud to bring you Hope for Today, a program we hope might help you, inspire you, or encourage you and give you hope for today. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. If children live with criticism, they learn to condemn. If children live with hostility, they learn to fight. If children live with fear, they learn to be apprehensive. If children live with pity, they learn to feel sorry for themselves. If children live with ridicule, they learn to feel shy. If children live with jealousy, they learn to feel envy. If children live with shame, they learn to feel guilty. If children live with encouragement, they learn confidence. If children live with tolerance, they learn patience. If children live with praise, they learn appreciation. If children live with acceptance, they learn to love. If children live with approval, they learn to like themselves. If children live with recognition, they learn it is good to have a goal. If children live with sharing, they learn generosity. If children live with honesty, they learn truthfulness. If children live with fairness, they learn justice. If children live with kindness and consideration, they learn respect. If children live with security, they learn to have faith in themselves and in those about them. If children live with friendliness, they learn the world is a nice place in which to live. This poem, Children Learn What They Live, was written by Dorothy Law Nolte and is perfect advice for all parents, new or experienced. It is an excellent reminder that children are influenced by our actions towards them. It is applicable for all of us. Several years ago, I gave a talk at our church about raising children. Observations from my time of raising children in the home and also listening to experts who gave their opinions about raising children. Since I do know that our children represent our hope for the future of this country, I thought I would share some of what I said that evening and what others much more enlightened than myself have to say about producing good people. First, I decided to mention some things that I would have done differently if I had my time to do over. I, of course, do not have that luxury, but maybe you can pick up some tips that might help you in your journey of parenthood. Instead of mostly reading fairy tales, I would read lots more Bible stories and the classics like Pilgrim's Progress. What a wonderful heritage to know a lot of Bible heroes instead of a lot of Disney characters. I would not sit around talking about people, including relatives. You know, the South Pacific song, You've Got to Be Taught to Hate All the People Your Relatives Hate. You've Got to Be Carefully Taught. Your children pick up your likes and dislikes including people, and also they learn to gossip. We need to clean up our own act. Children learn from our example. Who else is going to teach them what a mama and daddy do? Many of you know that at one time in my life, some 30 years ago, I was a fanatical bridge player. The day I realized that I really needed to stop playing bridge was when my eight- or nine-year-old daughter was playing dress-up and she put her pocketbook on her arm and said that she was going to play bridge. Now, wasn't that a great thing to be teaching a daughter about what a mother 
is doing. So if you have a hobby that consumes you like Bridge did me, whether it's golf or fishing or bunco or shopping or hunting or whatever it is, step back and ask yourself if it is worth risking a relationship with your spouse or child. If your elementary kids are having a holiday or birthday party at school, go. I can tell you that your middle school or high school child will not be nearly so excited for you to attend functions at their schools. But the young children absolutely love having their parents there. So go if you have to get off work to go. It will be worth it. And they aren't going to be in elementary school very long. Read the Bible and pray with your children. We did not do much of that with our children, sorry to say. So what do we expect our own children to do? Better than we did, I hope. That is one thing I have always admired in my brother Frank. I have never known a time that Froney and her parent or parents have not said prayers. And so even when Froney visited us, she expected to say prayers. What a great thing to give your children. Join a church and take your children with you. Growing up in a church family will be a blessing for you and for your children. Many lifelong friendships start there. Don't yell at your spouse unless the house is on fire. Now, I seldom, if ever, yelled at Kay, but yelling at the kids was a different matter. But to yell at your spouse sets a very poor example of what parents should be doing. When Kay and I disagreed about something, we would discuss it behind closed doors, but present a united front for the children. And if one parent said no, and the child went to ask the other parent, there was no recourse. It was a definite no. No playing one parent against the other, that is, until Allison came along. When I thought about all the tapes and books that I have and could draw from uh, to talk about, I kept coming back to Zig Ziglar and the talk that he made on positive parenting. He was on James Dobson's program one day many years ago, talking about a book he had just written. Raising Positive Kids in a Negative World. Zig said that the most important thing in raising a positive child is for us to have a relationship with the Creator of the universe and know Jesus Christ personally. Then we can use His strength, His wisdom, and His judgment and share His love, and that is the most important thing we can do. He continued that the second thing we can do is a man can take care of his pregnant wife and even before the child is born to start talking to the baby in the womb. He also mentioned that from infancy until three years of age, that two-thirds of a child's vocabulary is acquired. Who is going to teach that vocabulary? A parent or a TV or an iPad? He believes how we put kids to bed and how we wake them up is also important. We are really good at this when kids are babies and oh so sweet. Why can't we continue to awaken our children pleasantly, cheerfully, lovingly, and optimistically? Want a more pleasant bedtime routine? Have an early warning system for bedtime. It will make your life easier. How do you make a kid feel like a winner? Children are engineered for success and are endowed with the seeds of greatness. Address children like they are winners. Start young. Let's identify some of the qualities of success. Dependable, enthusiastic, good character, loving, integrity, motivated, honest, faithful, persistent, willingness to work, positive attitude, good listener. How 
many of you would like your mate or your child to have these qualities? How many of you would personally like to have these qualities? The good news is that you've got every one of these qualities, some honesty, some motivation, etc. What we've got to do is to keep reminding ourselves that God has already planted the seeds necessary to raise a positive human being. When you realize this, that you've got the basic raw material to work with, your enthusiasm grows for the task ahead. Disciplining Some folks approach kids as if they were the enemy and throw them on the defensive. Discipline is something you do for your child, not to your child. A few years back, a Gallup poll was done. Over 80% of graduating high school seniors expressed the wish that their parents and teachers had loved them enough to discipline them more and to require more of them. Zig quotes Dr. Brenau Bettelheim. One tragic mistake most parents make is when parents permit their child to sass or talk back to them. Anytime a parent permits that to happen, the child is actually putting the parent down below the child and that destroys the security of the child because that child must have the parent to look up to. And if the parent has permitted the child to put the parent down below the child, then the security is destroyed and the chances of raising a positive child are greatly reduced. I would like to uh, read something here, interject something that John Roseman wrote several years ago about respect and security. Children need to develop respect for adults. Respect and a sense of security go hand in hand, and you can take this to the bank. It is impossible for a child to develop respect for adults who act as if he hung the moon. And they were the words of John Roseman in one of his many articles that he used to write. Zig goes on to talk about the fact that some children have more difficulty and problems with self-acceptance than others. Handicapped children, unattractive children, or kids that take a lot of flack just because of who he is. Can that child be made to feel like a winner, and how? He goes on to talk about unconditional love and how children need to experience expressions of love. Some parents love each other and their children, but don't show it. Children need that physical touching that tells them, You are very special, you my child, and I love you very much. And uh, Chuck Swindoll has a little devotional book called Bedside Blessings. And I want to read you the devotional reading from his book uh, from December the 14th. This is talking about children. The two most important tools of parenting are time and touch. Believe me, both are essential. If you and I hope to release from our nest fairly capable and relatively stable people who can soar and make it on their own, we'll need to pay the price of saying no to many of our own wants and needs in order to interact with our young. And we'll have to keep breaking down the distance that only naturally forms as our little people grow up. Time and touch. Listen to your boys and girls. Look them in the eye. Put your arms around them. Hug them close. Tell them how valuable they are. And the verse that he cites on that day, A righteous man who walks in his integrity, how blessed are his sons after him. And then I also want to read you from Billy Graham's daily devotional, Hope for Each Day, what he has to say. And he uses the verse, the very familiar verse from Proverbs 22, 6. 
train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And these are Billy Graham's words. Children need to know right and wrong, and the best place to learn it is at home. If they don't learn it there, they may end up without any moral and spiritual anchor. Children also want their parents to care enough for them to be strict. Parents who refuse to discipline their children are actually sending a signal saying they don't care what happens to them. The Bible says, He who loves him disciplines him promptly. And that's from Proverbs thirteen twenty four. The Bible also says to train our children in God's ways, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. In other words, when a child is about to become a teenager, we can't suddenly say, I've ignored it so far, but now I'll cram religion and morals into my child. It must start the very moment he or she has any understanding. But what we do is as important as what we say, for children usually acquire their parents' characteristics and habits. What are our children and grandchildren learning from us? And that was from the December 8th reading from Billy Graham's um, book, Hope for Each Day. One of the greatest enemies to raising positive children is overcommitment by the parents and now by the children. Parents need to organize their time. The TV is a negative influence. Parents should carefully monitor the time they spend in front of the TV and their computers. Time they should be devoting to their children. If a parent spends hours on the computer or the TV, the kid is simply left out. Single mothers or fathers have the toughest assignment in America. They deserve our support and sympathy and even our help. Talks about sex education. We are indirectly teaching sex education from birth. The relationship the husband and wife have with each other is a most effective method of teaching this. If you love and respect your mate, hold hands, put your arm around them, quick kiss, show affection, you are teaching. Never let kids see anything they cannot participate in. A suggested book for young children is I Wonder, I Wonder, and The Heart Does Not Speak English. Don't wait for kids to ask you. The vast majority never will. 80% of sex abuse of kids is by people they love and trust. You can eliminate the majority of this type of thing if you tell your kids that no one except a parent or someone a parent okays, like a doctor, should ever touch you in an area that a modest bathing suit would cover up. I'm continuing on with what Zig Ziglar said on his positive parenting tape. Between the ages of five and six and puberty, if you artificially stimulate your child sexually, you do him or her irreparable harm. That is the period when little boys are learning to be boys and get along with other boys, and when girls are learning to be girls and to get along with other girls. Don't stimulate them through TV programs, and this would include soap operas, and I would say PG-13 movies before they are 13, or R-rated movies before they are 17, or pornography or anything like that, or otherwise you will delay their advent into being an adult. That is one reason so many 25- to 35-year-olds are still dependent on their parents. They never grew up. And these are the kids that Dr. Laura calls snowflakes. The most important thing a parent can do for their child is to love their mate. 
When Zig asked his own son what he liked best about his dad, he replied, He loves my mom. When Zig asked him to explain that, he went on, As long as you love mom, you will treat her right. And if you treat her right, we will always be a family. Then I will never have to choose between you and mom. The security of a child is so enhanced when children know mom and dad are a team. Zig said that he had never met one single person, man or woman, who was married, who was happy, who was not totally and completely loyal to their mates. As a married person, if you want happiness as a goal, you must be faithful. You have no other options, because that is part of God's plan. And any time you violate God's plan, you will go astray. And I want to read you from um, Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, chapter 6. I want to read to you verses 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And then I'd like to read from Proverbs 6.22. You've heard that verse before today, and I'm going to read it again because I'm reading from the Blackaby Study Bible, and I want to read you his comments that he makes. Uh, it's called Encounter about that verse. Okay, here it is. So here's the verse. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so here's what Blackaby says about leading children. As God leads and guides his children according to his ways, so parents should be intentionally involved in directing their child in life. There is a way that leads to righteousness and blessing from God, and a way that leads to destruction and rebellion. Leading is more than giving instructions. It involves active participation. So I thought that was excellent because I know that we would like to lead our children in the path of righteousness and so that they will receive the blessings of God. Now I'm going to read for you the 10 child commandments to parents. Number one, my hands are small. Please don't expect perfection. Whenever I make a bed, draw a picture, or throw a ball, my legs are short. Please slow down so that I can keep up with you. Number two, my eyes have not seen the world as yours have. Please let me explore safely. Don't restrict me unnecessarily. Number three, housework will always be there. I'm only little for a short time. Please take time to explain things to me about this wonderful world and do so willingly. Number four, my feelings are tender. Please be sensitive to my needs. Don't nag me all day long. You wouldn't want to be nagged for your inquisitiveness. Treat me as you would like to be treated. I am a special gift from God. Please treasure me as God intended you to do, holding me accountable for my actions, giving me guidelines to live by, and disciplining me in a loving manner. Number six, I need your encouragement to grow. Please go easy on the criticism. Remember, you can criticize the things I do without criticizing me. Number seven, please give me the freedom to make decisions concerning myself. Permit me to fail so that I can learn from my mistakes. 
then someday I'll be prepared to make the kinds of decisions that life requires of me. Number eight, please don't do things over for me. Somehow that makes me feel that my efforts didn't quite measure up to your expectations. I know it's hard, but please don't try to compare me to my brother or sister. Number nine, please don't be afraid to leave for a weekend together. Kids need vacations from parents, just as parents need vacations from kids. Besides, it's a great way to show us kids that your marriage is very special. And number 10, please take me to Sunday school and church or synagogue regularly, setting a good example for me to follow. I enjoy learning more about God. So I thought that was very good. That was 10 child commandments to parents. And now I want to read you 10 commandments for kids. Number one, thank God for each new day. Number two, be thoughtful and kind in what you say and do. Number three, share your things cheerfully. Number four, help family members without being asked. Number five, take care of all living things, people, animals, and plants. Number six, be true to what is really important. Number seven, Treat other people's things as if they were your own. Number eight, always tell the truth and be honest. Number nine, be happy for your friends when good things happen to them. Number 10, show God your love by loving others. The purpose of this program today is to talk about children and what we can do with the children or the grandchildren in our lives, that the blessing that we can be for those that we have influence over. So I hope you will take some of these things, very, take them all very seriously. There may be some things that have been pointed out that you know you need to work on. I know there's things that I, as a grandparent now, need to work on. But I, I do think going to church and reading the Bible and praying is, is just critical to the foundation uh, for the spiritual growth of our children and the maturity. And it's just, uh, just, it's just so critical. I just can't emphasize it enough. I'm going to leave you with a verse from Proverbs 22.6. Our hope for today is to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Thank you for listening.
listening to Hope for Today, brought to you each Sunday morning by Carroll Pharmacy. We hope the message today has helped and encouraged you. If we can ever help you with your prescriptions, over-the-counter medications, or vaccines, we hope you will come in to our family-owned and operated independent pharmacy, where outstanding customer service is our goal. 